Hi everyone, Wynn Claybaugh here. In this month's classic interview, Paul Mitchell's global artistic director, Robert Cromines, filled in for me and interviewed himself with his rapid-fire staccato Scottish brogue, where every sentence is worth writing down. Robert covered a multitude of topics from the value of creating an experience in the salon to strategies for increasing business and the importance of lifelong learning. Get ready to take notes as you listen to one of the beauty industry's most successful icons. Then share this with your friends and visit mastersbywinclayba.com to sign up for our mailing list. And remember, Masters podcasts are also available on Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and Spotify podcasts. Enjoy this Masters classic interview. service. You know, I'm very privileged as a guy. I get to stay in some incredible hotels. I learn a lot about my philosophy from the experience I have traveling. So I checked into a Four Seasons with my two beautiful children, and the young man behind the desk said, oh, Mr. Cromines, your kids are beautiful. What are their names? I said, well, this is my daughter, Monaghan Rose, and this is my son, Reed Heron. We check into the Four Seasons. We're in our room about five minutes later. As we enter the room, the first thing I notice is there's two balloons popped outside the minibar. I open up the minibar. Inside there's two cups of milk and two cookies with my son and daughter's name on it. I go into the bathroom and top of the bathtub in little sponge letters. Their names are delicately written across the top of the tub. Monaghan Rose, Reed Heron. Now here's the big aha. To stay at a Four Seasons based on demand and availability, it's anywhere from three to five hundred dollars a night. Meaning, based on demand, meaning if this room and hotel is occupied, they are going to put more value on that particular room. The same is parallel of the service today in the hairdresser's eyes. The more time constraints you have, the more value we're able to place on you, the more charge we're able to establish on your command. You see, it's all about reputation. The Four Seasons using their reputation to get four to five hundred bucks a night. It's a room. I'm driving up to the Ritz-Carlton to see the dean of the Paul Mitchell School Empire, Mr. Wynne Claybaugh. As I drive up there, leaving from San Diego, I finally get up there and a rock hits my windshield. When I get to the Ritz-Carlton at three in the morning, the young man behind the counter said, what can we do to make your day incredible? I said jokingly, fix my Hummer. He said, Mr. Cromings, don't give it another thought. Three days later, I leave the seminar. My car's not only fixed, it's been detailed. I grabbed the young man at valet over and I said, young man, I don't know how you did this, but here's $100 for your effort. And he said, tell me this story. He said, I went to the dealership that sells Hummers in town and at three in the morning they were closed. But I had a little decal in the window said, in case of emergency, call Joe. Robert, I got Joe out of bed. He came to the Ritz-Carlton at three in the morning and he fixed your Hummer. And I could not believe he made it happen. Now to stay at a Ritz-Carlton based on demand and availability, anywhere from three to $500 a night. Again, we know we don't want to be as available. We want to be heavy in demand, which is so critical that we build reputations as hairdressers. In our culture, we're looking for 20% of your business to come from your word of mouth. The buzz, the giddy-up that's showing up on your books, that's talking about you in town. Every single person that you touch is out there telling the story about this incredible relationship, this incredible experience that they had from you as a working hairdresser. There is one other hotel I hope you've never tried. 
It's called the Motel 6. And ladies and gentlemen, for $26.95, they'll leave the light on. I believe this, today's industry, cutting the hair and coloring the hair is simply leaving the light on. To be dangerous in the future of our industry, we're going to have to do more outrageous things. It's not about being remembered. It's about never being forgotten. It's making a bigger deal about the things we often take for granted. You know, I love it. $26.95, we'll leave the light on. Is that all they got? I'd love to meet the guy that came up with that marketing campaign. This is how we're going to advertise to our consumer. We're going to leave the light on, and that's all you get. So cutting and coloring hair the way we do things, we got to make a bigger deal. And I don't mean this, that we don't have the skill set. Yeah, we have the skill set, but the remembered experience, remember what clients truly want, guys. You know, they want a bob that's even on a good day. They want three layers, like they come in a six pack and you can bust it up. There is not a way to show off in our industry unless you understand the value of service. Look at a first class passenger on an airplane who's going the exact same route you are and yet paying sometimes five to $10,000 more simply for some of the fundamental things that make his travel time a more experience-driven journey. And, you know, I love the parallels between the airline industry and the way they place value on things. An upgrade to first class, I think Virgin Airlines call it upper class. Let's take our clients to upper class. Let's make a bigger deal about the service we initiate at the sink. Let's learn from our hotels. Start having beautiful cookies up front. Things they can nibble on while they're in the salon, having an experience, oftentimes missing lunch. Let's feed the people. Let's change their senses, change their wow factor. When they walk into our salons, let's give them something to remember. That's what this whole experience thing, it's a buzzword. It makes the biggest difference. You don't want to go to a movie. You want to go to a popcorn experience. It's not about going shopping. It's a shopping experience. It's a hiking experience. You know, it's changing what people really value today. They want these experiences. Salons are the greatest place to make it happen. This is going to be an incredible journey on experience. Hi, this is Robert Crumming, standing in for Mr. Wynn Claybaugh. I had an incredible phone call last week. Wynn asked me if I wouldn't mind sitting in for a session of Masters. Uh, I just got to share, first of all, the first experience I've had with this particular tape was it took me four or five times to actually audition, I think, for my very, very first Masters tape many years ago with Wynn. Uh, and just to say the challenge of kind of doing three or four sessions until I finally got the one that was perfect enough and good enough for the Masters series and the Masters listeners, more importantly, uh, these days, I make lots of tapes. I've made The Art of Making Money, BS, and more recently, a thing called Seriously, which we'll talk about a little bit when I kind of tell you the story. So inspired by Masters, this was kind of the starting point for me. It inspired me to make my first CD called The Art of Making Money. So thank you, Mr. Wynn Claybolt, for that. You know, and Wynn always talks about relationships, and, you know, Wynn will be the first to tell you, him and I have hung around for a long time, doing a lot of shows and doing a lot of things for the industry. Uh, recently, I became partners with Wynn in our Paul Mitchell School. Also included in that partnership is, of course, John Paul and Mr. Angus Mitchell. So, you know, we're in business together, and it's kind of ironic when I look at these tapes and how important they are to the industry. Being able to create common knowledge is Wynn's goal. So I wanted to kind of do a couple of things with you guys today. One was reflect on, obviously, the salon part of our industry, which is so critical. And, you know, talking about future professionals, especially, you know, we know for our Paul Mitchell schools, 10,000 graduates, our goal here is to set a new standard for the industry and more importantly, change how it thinks about itself. A great quote I heard recently from Vivian McKinder, which I think really sums up the challenges that we occur in our industry is if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Um, you know, it starts me off on the first sort of topic I want to go through is dialogue. 
So let me sort of rephrase what Vivian told me. If you change the word sometimes, I really believe this, changing the word can change the result. For example, we used to be called in beauty school, beauty school kids. Now they're called future professionals. We talk about beauty school teachers not anymore. These days we're talking about learning leaders. I love that. It's an exceptional word because I think it puts a definite responsibility on the learning leader. So the thing about dialogue, guys, is really finding the incredible words that we can use that we're very guilty of taking for granted, especially if you're a hairdresser behind the chair, seeing a similar clientele every six weeks to eight weeks. There's nothing more beneficial, more than polishing up your technical skills. I would have to encourage you that the brush up we need is get out of the art trap and start focusing on some of the words to use. And I'm going to kind of bridge this through a lot of the words that we change in our own culture. I don't always suggest using our words, but it's always up to you. If you like ours, you're welcome to swap them into the culture you're already using and make up your own. A lot of the ideas I get are from other salons that I coach, so I'll share them with you as they come to me. Uh, one of my favorite movies over the years was Jerry Maguire. I think there's not an absolute movie with more memorable dialogue. Show me the money. You had me at hello. You know, one of my, at a show once in Orlando, this little kid said, uh, the human head weighs eight pounds. And uh, even I didn't know how to make a motivational story out of that. My point being is when Tom Cruise walked up to Renee Zellweger and said, you know, you complete me. Um, that was a script. It was written down. It was part of a system. So it wasn't a natural occurrence. It wasn't happened to be. It was absolutely planned for. So the great thing about dialogue is it takes a bit of coaching. It needs to be written down. It's got to be rehearsed. I don't think there's any crime in rehearsing with some of your colleagues in the salon. You know, when you have some downtime, practice each other's dialogue. How you meet and greet a new client. How you do an incredible salon tour. How you do a perfect consultation. How you make a great take-home recommendation, which we'll talk about. So when you think of the words retailing, ugly, ugly word, the word product is very generic. Now just revamp the word, change how we feel about it. We now talk about take home. Take home as a, an experienced shopper, talking about our take home rituals. Um, you know, imagine doing a tour in your salon where the final closure is walking into the take home area and quite simply saying this for dialogue. Uh, this is where you get to take the whole experience home. That's what take home is about. We step out from behind the desk with a little tissue bag. Thank you for shopping here. We know this, ladies and gentlemen, what your client does not want is to be sold to. What they want is a shopping experience. They want it to be memorable. One little phrase you'll hear me say throughout this little program, it's not about being remembered, it's about never being forgotten. Now we gotta apply that to every position in our salon, from the sink, to the color cathedral, the color bar where we celebrate color, to our take home, to the style with knowledge, the recent invention, the toolbar, which I'll tell you more about. We gotta stop taking our business for granted. And the best way I think we can really show that we're interested is taking time to really refresh ourselves on current ways to describe similar things we do in our business year in and year out, but just to get excited about, to get a little more giddy up and a little more passion about the sink, something we're often guilty of taking for granted. Uh, dialogue, you know, some of the greatest words of wisdom come for your kids. Uh, my daughter and I were in California and we were gonna go for a little swim in our pool. I'm kind of white-skinned. My daughter's beautiful. She's got beautiful chocolate skin. In fact, she's a full-page model in the current Essence magazine right now. Absolutely gorgeous. A beautiful shot that we shot on Mr. Angus Mitchell's property in Hawaii. Just beautiful, magical. And my little girl who's seven just thinks she's, you know, the next Tyra Banks. She's confused between Tyra and Hannah Montana. So here we are. We're back at the swimming pool. I don't want to be bothered with sunscreen, so I take a lazy kind of route and I grab a rash guard, which is just a surfer thing to keep the sun off you, keep you from scratching up your board, you know, all that good stuff. So I swung it on and my little daughter kind of replied to me, Dad, are we going surfing? 
I said, no, little darling, unlike you with beautiful chocolate skin, daddy's got white skin. She looked up in my eyes and said, daddy, you're white chocolate. Now, how do you think that changed my perception? So when you look at skin color as a differential, in my daughter's eyes, we were just different types of chocolate, different levels. It was just an incredible experience. Um, she's a sweetheart and absolutely a heart stealer. So when you think about the words we use to change how we think about things, this is one of the key factors we want to talk about. Let's go to the bowl, you know. <laughs> Let's go back to the bowl. I remember saying it in beauty school, come on back to the bowl, and I'd take off like I was an Olympic athlete hoping my little lady could catch up with me. Where'd she go? Where'd she go? Now we're talking about lather lounge. We're talking about uh, sanctuary, guaranteed a religious experience. We call them wash houses. These are secluded little spots in the salon. Changing the word changes everything. It gives a client expectation. Try this for dialogue. In comes a first-time guest. Let's go experience the lather lounge. Come on, your client's going to be there. You guys know I make a t-shirt called Sex in the Sinky. We're in a sexy business. Our competition is drugstores and supermarkets. Herbal essence cannot compete with the experience we deliver in sinks of salons like mine and yours all around the world. Let's make a bigger deal about it. Let's stop taking it for granted. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit later about you know some of the financial points of view of our business because the key indicators of our business show that we have healthy salons. So I love to mix the fun of creating dialogue and with the actual systems of business and how we keep score. So we'll be kind of talking about something we created to start selling more treatments. We've now looked at a source of income in our salon actually being located in the wash house, the lather lounge. So when you start looking at potential revenue that we're not tapping into as an industry, uh, the sink is one of the places we are the most guilty of neglecting. I have a couple of slogans. First was, don't open a spa. Turn your sink into a spa. Now, if you're a spa owner listening to this, I don't mean it literally. I just mean that I am borrowing from my spa cousins some of the rituals and treatments that we're doing so we can make a bigger deal about shampooing hair. Uh, my first salon was actually called Wash House because I wanted to show to a customer we were going to make a bigger deal about shampooing your hair because, in my opinion, other salons took it for granted. Again, caught in that art trap, we think it's all about the even haircut. It's all about the perfect color. Unfortunately for our guest list and our clients, they don't always know the difference. So what they do know is that a remembered experience. And was it remembered enough that they want to come back? Especially, you know, people talk about the economy. It's when times are tough, you really see if your business is really given the service that people can't live without. Because every client has discretionary income in their purse or wallet, just like you or I. And we make choices all day of where that becomes number one priority to number two to three. Sometimes a pair of brand new shoes become a priority over, a, you know, a water bill or a cell phone bill, not in today's technology. But you get the point. So we want to be number one on every client's list. I believe, honestly, as a salon owner, five salons to our credit, the way that we guarantee an incredible relationship with an economy that's up and down is by giving unbelievable service. And service is the key factor here. So, you know, you'll hear this echo through our whole presentation here. It all starts with the client, and it's really about giving them something they just cannot believe. They can get a haircut anywhere. Getting a haircut experience is something absolutely different. You know, when I worked in the salon, I used to recommend a lot of my female clients that had husbands or boyfriends to Takashi. And I'd quite simply use this dialogue. Does your boyfriend have a haircut or a haircut experience? What do you think they said? They said, well, he just has a haircut, like somebody took a poop on his head. See what I'm saying, guys? Just by putting in that word experience, the client was titillated, want to know what it was. You know what? Never ask how much it costs. 
So cost is only a factor when the experience ratio is off. So when the client's paying more than they think they experienced, do you get it? People say, hey, can I charge more? Of course you can. Do you deserve it? Your clients are going to show you if you do. If you go up five bucks and your clients just want to kick you off your island like mutiny on the bounty, uh, it may be a case of looking in the mirror and saying, what service am I not taking advantage of? What things in the sink can I make a bigger deal about? We just created a whole ritual menu, and this is designed for two benefits. One is to give a client even more opportunity how to indulge themselves in our salons. So we have five or six different rituals, depending on the store, different price points. Uh, in our Vegas salons, and our downtown stores, 25 35 dollars up to two that are particularly connected to a, a very you know first-time customer user which i'll explain but we go through all these different ways we use hot and cold towels hot and cold conditioner we do exfoliators with sugar scrubs we take you on an indulgent uh, journey at the sink and take you into a whole new pathway of what can be done at the sink and again we're charging for it in our small salons called arcs where the brand is a little smaller the price point is much closer to the $35, $40 haircut, we have these rituals for $5, $10, $25. Even right down to looking at our Paul Mitchell School, we can see these rituals taking place for $3, 6 and $9. Now you think, well, what difference does 3 bucks make? What if I told you in our school in San Diego, we get 20,000 clients a year? If I can get a $3 average ticket price increase by having rituals, more ways a client can actually benefit from the incredible facility called The Sink, more ways for them to really get indulgent and, hey, let's look at the byline. Then we can start making take-home recommendations, including these rituals for home use. Fascinating. So rituals for us has made a huge difference. In our Las Vegas salons, where we started this first, we've already seen an increase in ticket price. We get about 24,000 walk-ins a year there, so the average ticket per guest means an awful lot to me, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. And really what I'm thinking about is if I've got 24,000 clients coming in no matter what, a 20% increase or $20 increase per guest could take me into a half a million dollars worth of revenue. So if you're a smaller salon seeing about 5,000 clients a year, you know these 5,000 people are coming. Increasing your ticket price, three, five, seven dollars dollars $10, whatever number of clients you have, 5,000 times 10, you've just increased your business, 50,000, not by recruiting one single new client, really by taking a greater opportunity to give people more of what you offer and really making a bigger deal about the things that we have every day. The sink being one of the primary weapons Treatments is a necessity. We've created chemical dependency already. So the byproduct of the baby booming age is not only they want beautiful radiant color, they're going to want the excessive type treatment. And more than it's the result driven, it's the pampering thereof. It's a ritual. So when I think of ritual, I think of that kind of bathtub experience. It's got to be something magical. I was in a hotel recently and they had a bath butler. Come on, people. How lazy you got to be to roll your own bath. But here's a place where you can indulge and have somebody else come in and just lacquer in the certain scrubs and oils to give you the unbelievable bath of a lifetime. You know, let's think about what we can do to make a bigger deal about things we're guilty of taking for granted. That's what a color bar is. It's a celebration of color. In our skills, we enjoy 70% of our business is a hair color. Why? It's because we are gathered around the mindset of a color bar being a bigger deal to celebrate something that if it was in a dispensary would be easily taken for granted. So we mix color in front of clients. We show them a whole different mechanism. We are constantly on the hunt for ways to take our business to the next level. Dialogue, changing how we think about it is one of the key factors. 
More dangerous dialogue. We used to call them receptionists. Now we call them reservationists. Uh, a huge shift in dialogue. I've heard them called salon coordinator. The reason I love the word reservationist, first of all, it puts more value in the client's mind. And you know, for a point too, I think even for the hairdresser's point of view, um, we want clients to value the time that we place on the book. So I think making a bigger deal about it is a big factor. I mean, ask yourself the question, what would you be quicker to cancel, an appointment or a reservation? So I really think that we start, you know, putting around our areas there. We have reservation in big, bold letters everywhere. We want people to know this is the place where you reserve time for the future. My goal, statistically, is to get 40 to 50% uh, clients booked in the salon every single day by using the word reservationist instead of receptionist. So it's helping everybody see that there's a value for future traffic. We have a little motto in the salon, today's service, tomorrow's traffic. Uh, what I'm trying to say here is the way we focus on our daily schedules and booking tomorrow's client is really one of the key factors. We know there's not a better place to book a client than when they're on site. They've just had an incredible, unforgettable experience. There's not a better time to make that future reservation than right now. So when we start looking at reservations, that changes a lot how we think about that front desk and how many avenues of service they can help happen. For example, if you call our salons today, ask for something like a haircut, I want a haircut, the reservationists in our salon say, well, would you like a haircut or a haircut with a treatment? In our salon, we actually say it's a ritual. Would you like a haircut or a haircut with a ritual? What's a ritual? It's a treatment. And then we tell them on the ideas of the wash house menu and all the different ways they can indulge, relax, and unwind using our sanctuary as the concept. So. It's not just about having dialogue as hairdressers. We have to share that with all the people involved in the business. Reservations are one of the key allies. Uh, the next big shift I love is rising stars. Used to be called assistants, apprentices. I love the expectation of rising star. So if I was introducing Anthony, my assistant, to one of my guests, I'd say, this is Anthony. He's a rising star. That's a great implication for the client. They know he's the young culture of the company, and he's there you know, studying and mentoring, hanging around with the right people so that one day he can go on to build his reputation. You know, you could be a rising star in my organization for a number of ways in a number of years, but what a great way to talk about young people because giving them great words so they can feel good about themselves. You know, you may be the lonely guy doing all the hot towels and all the kinky stuff in the sink, but the reality is you're very appreciated. What gets Takashi Kitamura a $250 ticket price isn't just the incredible haircut. It's the incredible skill set that we use at the sink. It's the knowledgeable blow dry. It's the style with knowledge. It's all these other things from, you know, hailing down the valet and getting the car up front before the client even leaves. These are all factors of making the business run a little differently. So the rising star is a great new word, a great way to really celebrate the growing culture of our industry. And, you know, it's just a win-win situation for everybody. I love how a, ch a word can change everything and more importantly, how you feel about it. You know, we talk about the take-home shopping experience and something I had to share with you is just a great concept. We've made a huge shift in take-home. You know, first of all, take home is an experience. We talk about the bags with tissue paper, stepping around the counter. You know, a story I love to tell is, you know, my kids love Target and they love Kmarts. And especially at back to school time, you can buy for a hundred bucks, like three carts full of stuff. Uh, one thing you'll know in common about these big stores, they always give you big plastic crunchy bags. You throw all the stuff in there, you wheel it out to the car, you open up the trunk, you throw it in. Well, I'm not a woman, but I'm sure I used to be. But whenever you go to a department store for your most favorite cosmetic counter or one of your pimpy little designers, and you'd have a shopping experience there, when they finish, they step around the counter 
They thank you for shopping there. You get this little tissue papered bag with some designer's logo plastered all over it. You then proceed the mall, holding it up high so everybody can see it. Look at me now. You get to the car. Where does it go? It goes in the front seat. You even put the seat belt on, engage the airbag, tell your husband to have a seat in the back. You get to your house, tell him to get the junk in the trunk because you're going to grab your little take-home purchase to go re-experience your purchase. We guys have to make a bigger deal about our take-home environment. So we've made a huge shift at the Robert Crumming Salon, tending to look at our take-home environment as a less linear approach, which is really what a supermarket is, just racks of shelf, but helping really identify in a client's eye all the different ways they can have a shopping experience in our salon. So the toolbar is our latest concept. We're using Paul Mitchell Pro Tools, and this has become a phenomenon. It's an interactive experience. A client can pick them up, turn them on, feel the weight, attach the diffuser. Uh, it's got merchandise wrapped around, and it's got brushes, so it's not just the tools. It's the tools that fly the tools. You know, I made this statement. I believe we're one step closer as hairdressers, allowing the client the privilege of taking their hairdresser home with them. You know, we've all been told that working behind the chair. I'd love to take you home. Well, here we are one stage closer because we can now empower the client to use the same professional tools that we use. I think this is a phenomenon. This is going to make a big, big difference. It makes a huge difference in my business because it affects the bottom line dramatically. We're not talking about a three ninety five bottle of Awapui. What we're actually talking about here is something $170 up to $220. So you're seeing a larger revenue stream created by the sale of these professional tools. So we are very excited about this non-linear approach to take home. The toolbar being the most recently invented star. Uh, it's a conversation starter, much like the color bar, just like the lather lounge. It's something to get excited about and it's something there that every client can witness experience and make great choices. We know they want to know this thing, you know, they want to know what tools we use, they want to be able to take that same afforded luxury home to them. And the great advantage we have guys over any other supermarket or drugstore, because if you go to Targets or Walmarts, they have a whole section, one whole racked wall with blow dryers, round brushes, all these different hot tools, all these different things. And I really believe as an industry, you know, that's our common denominator of an enemy. We are looking to really bring professionalism into your salon and making sure that we take full advantage of every guest that visits your store. And I feel about it the same way. It's the opportunity to upgrade at the sink. It's the opportunity to upgrade your take-home shampoo, your super skinny shampoo and treatment is to take that absolute tool that's going to give you the absolute result just like Takashi gave you. Something else we're making a big deal about is our tea tree side of things. You know, we've loved the invigoration, the tingle, all that stuff. Men have really responded to it, so we're really expanding that to create an ultimate shopping experience, not just for our male guests, but more importantly, we understand that most women do most of the shopping for most of our guys out there. So I think I said statistically, every man's controlled by four women from a sister, girlfriend, mother that buys you the tie, the pants, the aftershaves. So much goes on like that in the beauty business. So it's helping identify these different strategic take home places. And you know, the visual inspiration I'd give you here is the Neiman Marcus floor. When you see all those different companies, they all have a different slight skyline. So it's not looking so just racked and racked like a library. It's trying to break it up. And more importantly, Think of take home like Lego bricks and every couple of months you want to rearrange it. You want to just keep rearranging it because you want the reaction from every guest of, oh my God, what have you done here? Everything feels so different. What's new today? So I really think it's time to have fun in these areas of take home. But more importantly, guys, the profit from these things, you know, we talk about the toolbar and I must put on a savvy businessman's hat for a second. You know, I've had guys in Vegas, Ira, who's one of my art directors, had a 
52% take-home day, and Ira is a huge service provider. Um, already has about a 12, 12 and a half point retail take-home score, and in this situation, it has raised one particular day up to 54 by the sale of two tools from the toolbar. A young lady called Yumi, again, an outstanding, standing take-home artist. She should have her own show. Forget the pickup artist, the take-home artist. Yumi is the queen. Uh, sold three $220 smoothing irons in one day. So we're seeing the effects happen in our schools, meaning that everybody should be privy to pro tools. And it's really changing how we think about the business. The amount of profit involved in one of these makes a lot of things possible. In my organization, we pay 60% of all the employees' medical insurance. Selling four units per month of any of the tools actually gets you to where we pay 100% of your medical insurance just for doing four tools, one a week. How ridiculous, how easy. And you still get commission on your take-home score because we believe in this as everybody prospers and does well not only the client gets what they so richly deserve the hairdresser gets compensated we do quarterly take-home cash drops which one of my top guys in vegas every quarter gets a thousand dollar check bonus just for doing the things and giving his client that experience to take home with him so it's a real fundamental of our business again retail is old product is boring so let's get into take home and let's really expand the vision of what take home can mean as an interactive shopping experience for our clients makes a big deal so I want to talk a little bit about some of the industry stats there we talk a lot about average ticket you know as a young hairdresser I go to hair shows and go how much do you charge for a haircut and some guy would say 50 oh I'm 70 the way I think about hair these days is average ticket price uh, because the one factor whether you're using the ritual menu whether you're using the wash house uh, whether you're using the color bar, you're trying to really upgrade people for the event. They're coming in anyway. You know, one of the greatest ways that we get an upgrade on a ticket is by giving a tour. Every single new client in our salon gets a tour. We take them through, we show them the wash house, we take them into the color cathedral where we celebrate color. We show them where style with knowledge happens. We show them where the restrooms are. We want every guest to come into our, our living room and feel like they're at home. And the only way you can really do that is with a thorough tour, but more importantly, showing them all the different key points in your business where they could take advantage. For example, if you're an owner with a spa or perhaps you have an esthetician as a salon owner, this would be a great way to make sure every client coming through the salon knew that you had aesthetics available on site simply by building it into the dialogue and the script of your front desk and rising stars so that every client knew what was happening in the store and more importantly what they could do to really have the most fun of all. So when you're always on the dialogue hunt for new dialogue behaviors, you know, sit down with your team and come up with a whole tour regime of what you'd like every single person to say more or less consistently so that every client's hearing that same echoed message. You get something new you're excited about, like today's special, build that into the dialogue. And as I said earlier, you know, role-playing these dialogues is critical. So oftentimes, you know, if you look at the most infectious cultures in the universe, it's people that get together more often. So when we look at church as an example of that, they're coming together once a week. So as a team, we have to get together more, not always watching somebody cut hair, practicing incredible tours with the team from the desk on through, uh, practicing incredible dialogue from the consultation out. Uh, the more you practice at it, the more you rehearse it, the better you get, especially when a client comes in because they don't really have an understanding of what's about to be said. So there's a lot of room for error and growth. That's what I love about that particular avenue. So the average ticket price means a lot. We've seen 20 $25 increases in our Vegas stores. We've seen everybody shifting forward. So we really keep score to the way we look at the desk. 
all the way that we look at our business is a lot to do with these numbers that we accumulate. Keep score, you do more. We track as an organization four key elements that entitle you to move through an element to get a raise or get another substantial growth pattern in our company's uh, organization. So let me just kind of break it down. There's five elements within our company, and each five elements has a stepping stone in which you climb the ladder, if you will. So in each salon, it's set up differently. In our Pacific Beach store, these range from anywhere a $35 to $40 haircut with an average hair color price about $80. So we're kind of looking at ranges with average tickets of 70, 80, 90. And what we always want to see great performance indicators, this business is about volume. So what we're always looking for is what sort of conversion rate you have on the type of clients that come. So it's not about how many clients, how big your number was, what type of patterns emerge in your numbers. For example, you know, what was your take home score? What was the average ticket price? We want it to be above average of the salon. And if we see that behavior for a quarter, we're going to move you up to the next element. The one thing I know about young people, they want to be shown clearly how to step ahead in your organization. One of the things my company is the most proud of currently is our headhunting and recruiting. I believe if you're a salon owner listening to this or in the spa business, anything regards the beauty business, we have the same thing in common. Our business is manpowered by staff. It's all about our headhunting skills. It's about recruitment. When I built my first salon, I never ever thought about staffing. I believe Kevin Costner, if you build it, they will come. And trust me, ladies and gentlemen, I built it and nobody wanted to work for me. These days, we have a completely different approach and I really encourage you, no matter what size your salon is, constantly be looking for tomorrow. Uh, meaning you could have a 10-chair salon and tell me you're full, but you could have one or two of your wonderful stylists that are perhaps planning a family. Maybe one of their husbands in the military is going to move away. we got to protect ourselves as owners. So the real reality here is I have a 365-day-a-year commitment to recruiting in my company. We run ads asking young future professionals and rising stars, what would it mean for you to interview with Robert Cromings personally? Yeah, me. I actually do a three-hour event about a hundred kids have come to the seminar. I give them an idea of the type of things we do in our organization, the career path we follow, the types of educational facilities we use. We use a lot of home play inspired from our Paul Mitchell school culture. So what we really do is take them on a journey. We give them the benchmarks. We talk about performance. We talk about pay structure. We talk about time off. We talk about all the different things from how you would appear on a platform representing a Robert Crumming salon team, uh, how to get involved with the education programs we offer. There's so many avenues and not just looking for incredible talented hairdressers, but to be quite honest, looking for incredible reservationists, salon managers. You know, some of the top VPs I work with used to be hairdressers and now they hold some of the most powerful positions in a manufacturing company. And they all started with one thing in common, beauty skills. So you never know where this industry can take you. I would say out of 90% of what I learned in school, I don't use on a day-to-day -day basis today as a salon owner, as a business guy, as a business coach. So you never know where this industry is going to take you. So I think you've always got to kind of have that antenna out to see what opportunities lurk around the corner. So we do these hiring events, and I just love it. So really what I'm telling kids is, you know, you may be selected to be in the running for the future Robert Cromine staff, but the reality is even if you weren't hired, what I want the young kid to do is use it as a benchmark to perhaps be a little more clear on the questions they should ask a potential owner when they go for their next job. Uh, meaning, you know, every kid wants to know what's the percentage, how much do I make? Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, 50% of nothing is nothing. Uh, in our salons, we have a clear path on how people are paid, how they're compensated, what type of 
purpose the salon will help to build your career. In some of our salons, we enjoy 60 to 70% foot traffic, walk-in business. Because of that, I can take a rising star and quite honestly build their career quite quickly. So the main magic for me, guys, is finding a real passionate company that's got a, a headhunting recruiting kind of canopy because to me I couldn't open another salon if I didn't have the people. Getting clients in my opinion is the easiest thing in the world. I very seldom go to big organizations where we're all talking about business with major owners 2.5 million dollars and bigger. Do we ever sit in a closed room and discuss how do I get more clients? Our coach's responsibility tells us most salons, most hairdressers have more clients than they know how to service. We actually look for two to 300 clients as an ideal workload for a full-time hairdresser. I know hairdressers with 600 guests. What that tells me as a coach is you've got 600 people you can't service properly. Our goal is to make every client chemically dependent. See me at high schools. Hey, little girl, try some bleach. Get them in young. What I'm saying, guys, we are of the mind that we may only have four clients today, but if we take them on a journey with a color experience, if we take them to the sink and create this incredible treatment or ritual, we have an opportunity to really make that client stay, and it really doesn't mean we need 20 or 30 clients. Sometimes it's just making a bigger deal about the five we got. I think that's one of the greatest things. One of the things I hated as a busy hairdresser was never having the opportunity to really let a client Truly enjoy every step of the experience. Try this for dialogue next time a new client sits down. How much time do you have today? If she said, I got all the time in the world, that's an incredible opening for you to say in that case, you can fully enjoy the full salon menu, whatever that may include for your particular store. Getting great with questions, finding great dialogue, letting these people know when we're talking about career path, this is the type of organization you're coming along board with. We have rules too, we have address agreement. In fact, we have non-negotiables. This is a contract you sign the first day of employment. I'll say this publicly. Getting a job at my organization is easy. Keeping a job, not so easy. So we're going to absolutely plot your career and show you all the different ways you can excel in our organization. And there's going to be an equal responsibility there. We are prepared to teach you everything we know and we really want the absolute committed individual, meaning if we have a dress agreement, we expect you to stick to it. We've got a time code. We want to get together 15 minutes before work and have a pre-party celebration. I don't want to hear you three months in going, I'm not really wanting to do that. That's not making me a better hairdresser. It's part of the culture you're coming into. One of the greatest things we've learned from the Paul Mitchell school system is this unbelievable infectious culture. No salon can survive without having its own unique culture. Even though we have five stores, they are absolutely the same in many aspects. We still encourage a very unique culture specific to each store. So it's the same advice I'd give any owner. The fact that we have five under the same brand makes no difference. So, you know, when you talk about getting together, getting together more often, we use a thing called home play. You know, I'd find in my own program, people would stand around watching people demonstrate haircuts. Well, I don't care who you are. Watching somebody cut hair doesn't necessarily mean you can do or duplicate what you've just seen. So in our salon, we use this whole home play system where you actually watch the DVD in your own time, in your own living room, wherever you have the chance, on your computer, whichever way you want to get it. And in that sense, you can watch it as many times as you want. And we're going to have you come in on either a Wednesday, it could be after work, it could be before, it could be during operating hours. And the whole aspect here is, yeah, doing the haircut beautifully, but the real thing I'm looking for as a guy that wants to build your business is that you bring in a live, breathing model that can hold a graduated bob. If the topic matter that we're co-studying right now is scissor over comb with Takashi, 
then you would watch that home play and the real test guys isn't being able to do it you can't fail for not doing it perfectly what you can fail for and if this was a constant pattern what you would be fired for I hate to sound like Donald Trump is not showing up with a model meaning I can only build your business if you're gonna show me that you can build too in my Oklahoma stores, we have people that are getting new requests 80, 70, 60% of the time. The average is 20% per store, which tells me every hairdresser is getting a reputation in there. There's a buzz about them. So the one factor I know, I cannot make you a successful hairdresser if you do not have the ability to at least bring in 20% of your business. I think that's fair. So the lesson here of doing these home plays, when you have the opportunity to bring in an appropriate model, it's first of all picking the right model. It's never knowing the haircut. It's knowing where the haircut fits. So it's one thing bringing in this live human being that can actually take the type of work which you've been challenged to do for the common culture. So we call it common knowledge at the Robert Croming Salon. So we use a lot of DVDs. If you're not using DVDs to learn, much like the Master Series, I love technology. If you don't have a DVD player you're learning from, 1980 called, they want their 8-track back. we got to start embracing technology. From the computer systems we use up front, from the way we can start doing home plays, I actually now have RCTV on the Robert Cromings website. You can download my serious stuff in any section you're working on. If you want to know how to build a color bar, just download that particular disc. So to me, technology is going to set us free. I get the numbers every single day on my iPhone from all my stores showing me the performance, the performance on the tracking, all the different things that mean a lot to me, all the indicators that really give me an accurate description of how my business is doing when I'm not there. So when I really look at the possibilities here, we have to embrace it. Uh, again, going back to that, change the way you look at things. Don't look at the cumbersome not knowing. Young kids are connected to this vital age called the internet. Whether it's MySpace, whether it's Paul Mitchell Connect online, you know, all these different ways you can connect through the media information. In the future, I think hair shows are already seeing this as reality. There's not as many people attending because I don't think that's the most valuable information you can get by just watching. I like to think people come to our shows to get motivated, get reignited, and to go home with the latest and greatest new things that we're on about. It's kind of like their yearly update, if you will. So when it comes to true, hardcore learning, there's not a better system to use than using home play. Now, you may be an owner out there going, well, how do I create this home play? You've sold me on the, the system. Where would I get the materials? Well, I'm going to tell you how our company came up with it. Have you ever been in a situation you wanted to pull tear sheets from a magazine to get some ideas from hair? I would think of the same way in a video library. So for us, we used current and past collections that we've been involved in from some of my favorites, the wide open collection I did many years ago, B-Long, Shortcuts, uh, the Arcs 1, 2, and 3. We used uh, some of the system from the core cutting system that we use in our schools. We've adapted philosophy from Color Cutting USA, recently using the Angus M, both volume one and two. Just grabbing off the salon-minded stuff. Of recent times, we actually created our own product. Uh, I'm partners with two guys. I'm sure you guys will know who they are. Mr. DJ Muldoon, uh, he's a traveling companion. Mr. Angus Mitchell does hair shows around the universe. One of the ultimate coaches of the business world. Just an incredible hair cutter. DJ, Mr. Takashi Kitamura, who is... You know, a legend, an icon in the industry. I always introduce him as the greatest haircut in the world. 
we created a three-way partnership and it's called A Mullet Productions and we make movies for hairdressers in essence. So we created one product recently called Copycat. The way you learn as a rising star in our organization, we use Copycat as the stepping stones to unravel the mystery of the advanced stuff later. So Copycat is a three-way system where the cash DJ and myself explore the same haircut. We have the same common convictions and beliefs, but we do it all with our own swagger and style, if you will. So DJ's got an incredible combination of skill set and incredible eye. Cash adds a rhythm to technique, stroking, no thumbs, some real unbelievable characteristics. And then me, a little more of the platform artist, session guy that just likes to get the job done. I'd rather spend more time with an incredible experience at the sink. I like to cut hair a little quicker, so I have a different relationship. But between the three of us, we believe copycat is a learning tool for the future. So this could become your core system that you use in the salon for your training program. Right now, we use it for common knowledge for the rising stars. Uh, we also make a product called Shopwork, which is something we launch four times a year, which again has the hairdresser in mind that this is something the hairdresser could update on every quarter so they can be privy to the types of things we're doing. And you know, the great thing, guys, if you're guys that watch our type of stuff and you come to our show, because you've been watching these incredible learning tools, it's a great way for you to really go further when you do come see us at a presentation. Oftentimes, we're not really talking that technically about what we're doing. We're usually just giving you the wow, the ba-ba-boom, the big deal, you know, the big, whoa, did you see that? Where, you know, on a DVD, you really get the nuts and bolts of it. And then, let's be honest, you can rewind it, you can watch it again, you can go back to the part you missed, and we have incredible diagrams, step-by-step, step. we have commentary, and I believe this, you're only as good as the people you hang around. So this particular production, A Mullet Productions, is an incredible tool for the future. Uh, in the future, we're making reservation manuals. We're really trying to create a learning company here that we can really give hair salons around the world, you know, the ideas and the systems that can be translated into having a successful salon, no matter how big or small it is. It's not about having a 60-chair salon. I need these things. And a four-chair salon with 600 square feet, I still recommend a system. I still believe to be true professionals, we've got to be committed at least every quarter to get together, if not monthly, creating almost like a, a fun being. You know, if you think of some cultures, they have bridge night on Wednesdays, creating this subculture of events that there's all these different happenings to do with hair. So that if I'm a guy that is absolutely you know, intent on being a dangerous hairdresser in my career, I'm going to be at every activity there ever is. So I can really experience everything a company like ours has to offer. So as an owner, you have to create these avenues. This is part of this career path. People want to know why they work for you and they'll stay with you as long as they see you have a vision. Education, without a doubt, is the number one thing most rising stars are looking for. To me, using home play, using materials that are on DVD and getting the team to learn together can help us get a step closer to common knowledge. So to me, the guest absolutely gets the best because you have confident hairdressers, confident people that move the ticket up because they're confident in the stuff they've learned and they've seen a difference in what education can bring to their hands. Because if you just do the same thing every single day, that's the definition of insanity. We got to change our behavior patterns. There's not a better way to get re-excited no matter where you are in the industry, whether you're a future professional listening to this or somebody that's been doing hair for 20 years. Get involved. Give yourself the discipline of cutting a graduated bob on a doll head even. It makes no difference. Just by getting involved, it changes everything. We have little parties where people get together to celebrate who's the best. It makes no difference. It doesn't have to be a typical thing. The prize could be a Starbucks card for 25 bucks. 
people want to get together more often. That's one of the weaknesses of our industry. To me, using these home play assignments so we can share our knowledge together and celebrate our craft, there couldn't be something better for building the cultural roots of your organization. So check out the Mullet Productions. You can get online and check it out. Uh, we also have the Robert Cromines website where we have incredible learning tools on there. Our future here is to make them downloadable so you can already download some of the products we make. Uh, because in this industry, we're only as good as the people we hang around. Doesn't mean I can get to spend time with our industry at a hair show. That's old news. It's spending time through media, through DVDs, through downloads. Uh, pretty soon, I think we'll all be communicating on our iPhones. It's going to be so easy to learn a haircut while you're using downtime going through an airport. What a way I see things. I really kind of gullible for what the future can bring. I'm not a real techie, gearheady guy, but I will say since I got my iPhone, it's amazing the things I can do by photographing take-home displays, models before I do their hair. I can study the, the analysis of the face before I go to work. So to me, being a little older, I'm just in love with it right now, even though my little son is still kicking my butt at Game Boy and you know Xbox and all that good stuff. I'm a little more savvy on that technological front. Uh, we use iViews in all the salons. This is a kind of interactive TV station that plays fashion and runway with 15 minutes media. You know, we're really trying to create salons of tomorrow. In our salon working stations, we call them style with knowledge. We have blow dryers that retract from the ceiling and turn on automatically. When we talk about a remembered experience, it's not just about the physical experience. I often ask salon owners when I coach, you know, what story does your salon tell me when nobody's there, when none of your stars are at work yet? What story is unfolding? Because if you find it hard to create a dialogue for your tour, it may well be that you're not as quite happy with the place that you've created. And there's maybe some things you can do. And I'm not talking about a million dollar investment. Maybe it's a trip to Home Depot. Maybe it's knocking down a wall that hides your dispensary and turn it into an interactive salon experience by creating a color bar. Perhaps the wash house that you've been having there for years is adequate. What you may really need is a partition to give a client a little more privacy and allow them the privilege to indulge themselves in this wonderful business called the beauty business. So when you get down to the way we're, we're recruiting, it's got everything in mind. It's talking about dialogue, it's talking about career path, it's talking about the types of things to look forward to. People will only stay with your salon as long as they know that you have a vision in mind. So as owners, you can never get tired of spreading the vision, telling them the story, seeing what you see in mind for the next level. You know, being a constant coach, that's what being an owner of tomorrow means, is you're responsible for the team that you work with and making their dreams come true. I love being an industry coach. I love being a pioneer because my job is to give every owner of a salon, give them their dream back. Uh, you know, I went to beauty school many, many years ago. <laughs> I hate to say it, 20 years ago. Uh, long before we had Paul Mitchell cultured schools, and in those days, I don't think we had any really schools of mass destruction that were really up to some incredible things and changing an industry and how it thinks about itself. I actually went to school in Memphis, Tennessee. I went to school full time, and at night I actually delivered pizza. And I was just at a program last week in Vegas, and I actually told this story. You know, I delivered pizza probably five nights out of the five days I went to school. Every night after school, I went and delivered pizza. So I have a lot of, you know, Yahoo for people that go to work and still attend beauty school and get the job done in less than four years. It only took me just about a year. I was delivering pizza one night, and this was a profound moment in my life because I think some of the best choices I ever made is when I knew the least about the industry. So here I am in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm delivering pizza at night. I get a call on the phone for a large pepperoni pizza. 
30 minutes or less, I show up right on the doorstep. Out comes a guy. It's kind of dark and murky. I can't really see him. He goes into his jacket, which I think he's going into his jacket for his wallet. The guy actually pulled out a gun. Now, guys, I just moved here from Scotland. I had never really seen a live gun. The closest I'd seen a gun was on Miami Vice, Don Johnson. So when I seen the gun at first, I wasn't sure if it was a replica gun, a real gun, if it had bullets in it. You know, in Scotland, we don't have a lot of guns. So I'm thinking if this kid got a gun, maybe he just didn't have any bullets. So anyway, I'm an optimistic guy. I'm looking down the barrel of this gun. This guy said, give me the pizza. Well, just like you, I handed that pizza over. He said, give me your money, and I had $37.50, most of it belonging to the pizza company, only $5 was mine, so I gladly peeled it over. He then said, take off your pants, and I said, hell no, and he hit me on the head with a gun, at which point I felt the weight of the gun, and I felt the movement of bullets inside the gun, and at which point it dawned on me, this gun was real. Well, two things flashed through my mind as I lay on the ground with no pants on. One is I should start wearing underwear. <laughs> that was a good aha. Uh -huh. And the number two is all this hardship I had put myself through, going through school, working two jobs, doing all these things to get through it, and still working the clinic for it, even when you were exhausted, still taking in the extra walk-in client, doing whatever it took for me to get ahead, the reality is I did the things I ought to do, and I knew that if I was going to go to beauty school, I wasn't going to do like others had done before me, drop out, go take a job doing something else. I was not only going to get my license, but I was going to be dangerous in my application of the beauty business. So, you know, a couple of years later, I was in Las Vegas going to do a show. The young man walked up to me and said, hey, I went to beauty school with you. I said, you did? I said, what did you think of me? He said, I thought you were crazy. I said, no, she. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit of crazy. Said, what made you think I was crazy? He said, well, I remember you actually had a nighttime job delivering pizza. And what I really remember is the fact that out of those pizza tip money, you would buy Paul Mitchell products and use it on your beauty school clients, even though the school provides you the cheapest rinses, the goopiest gels. You made a big deal about Paul Mitchell by buying it out of your own investment and using it on these $3 clients. I said, what did that make you think? He said, I wished I had. Meaning, guys, we all need something to belong to. We need something to be part of. When you're out there on the recruitment bandwagon, it's about selling people on the ideas of what's great about your culture what would it mean for this young hairdresser to work in this culture and what possibilities would they be creating and joining your crew jumping on your bus as you call it i never refer to myself as the boss i'm the bus i'm the vehicle and which to take you on this journey of success throughout this beauty industry so when i think back a uh, delivering pizza you know i can't believe when i look at it today that first of all i look gorgeous in a domino's outfit but I can't believe that I made a decision on that particular moment in my life that really has affected everything. I jumped on board with Paul Mitchell. 20 years later, I'm the global artistic director. I travel the world in the honor of our craft. I go to South Africa. I go to Italy. I go to Germany, London. I've done shows everywhere. I go to Nantucket. I've been to North Dakota, Des Moines, Des Moines. I've been to Fargo long before there was a movie. Uh, I go everywhere. Orlando, I'm bigger in Orlando than Mickey Mouse is, but I hate to brag. But, you know, the reality of this industry, you know, I, one of my favorite things of being me is traveling first class. I love to get on a first class plane. I come walking down the aisle and I'll see all those guys, the business guys, you know, the real ones. And they got their little laptop out and they got their college ring and they're just typing away, making a letter to somebody important. 
and then I sit down. <laughs> what do you think the reaction is? They pull all their stuff over to their side because they're so worried they're going to catch a bit of me. They always ask me the most profound question. You look like an interesting guy. What do you do? I said, I'm a hairdresser. And they always ask the same thing. They go, seriously? Which is the new tape series that I made recently. It's uh, 18 discs long. It's kind of like my Christmas album and my summer album and my comeback album. It's just unbelievable from price points, how to increase prices, how to develop a culture, how to train them, how to hire the right staff, how to fire the right staff, uh, how to really grow your empire from building out a salon without using all your money or inheritance, looking for incredible possibilities, understanding the career path, the recruiting systems we use, uh, really how we built our organization and really how I think about the industry. So I call it serious and the reason I came up with the name and it's funny when I'm out and about I just feel like I hear the word echoed everywhere I wish I got a dollar for every time somebody used it I see it on TV commercials I see it in so many situations but I remember calling my mom in Scotland the day I chose to go to beauty school I said mom I'm going to be a hairdresser she said seriously you know I think if I'm going to get a tattoo in my body I should put the word seriously you know because I think it really sums up the reality when you tell people you're in our industry and you're passionate about it and more importantly we're successful about it it's not the norm you know Vidal Sassoon is one of my greatest mentors and I love a lot of little stories that I learn about him and I work with him on a few occasions where I'm just in awe of this man he's 80 years old this year and this man has done more in, in, in his lifetime to change an industry and, more importantly, change how it thinks about itself. One of my favorite Vidal stories is actually when he opened up his very first salon, he didn't open up a brand new flagship Vidal Sassoon. He actually bought over an existing salon that had 10 staff members. He went in with his opening story, said, hey, I'm Vidal. I'm going to change hairdressing. I'm going to change how people think about hairdressers. I'm going to change how the whole industry cuts hair. And, you know, he's going to create a revolution and told him all the different ways. He said, to the point, if a client comes into our store and wants a, a roller set, which was the norm then in the 1960s, he's going to be prepared as a business owner to send that client away because that wasn't the fundamentals of what his vision was about in changing this mechanism. Now, I think that's pretty profound. Now, at the end of the meeting, 10 staff listen. At the end of the meeting, nine quit. Only one stayed. The one that stayed, ironically, was Annie Humphreys. And when asked later, Annie, why did you stay? Expecting to hear the answer, or I seen the vision, she said, quite honestly, I had nothing else to do. <laughs> nothing better, she said. And the reality here is she created a legendary position. Annie Humphreys is absolutely the most notorious colorist on the planet. And when you think about it, nothing better to do. My point is, every day we go to work, don't just leave them up to their own uh, ingenuity. Give them something better to do. You've heard this term, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Well, add a little salt to the diet. It's about creating these incredible cultural differences, making it a fun place to work. When I think of Vidal's story, 10 people, 9 quit. Was Vidal successful that day? Well, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen, he was one step closer to his dream. He was successful. Every day we go to work and we've got the right dress code on, we're looking pretty, we're happy, we're one step closer, so we're successful. Every day you upgrade a client, every day you see a larger take-home score, a better service average, every time you get a referral from a new guest that couldn't stop hearing about it from one of your guests that you've existently done in the salon that created a memorable experience that will never be forgotten, you are one step closer to your dream. You know, many times I get on stages and I talk about the millions of dollars my organization creates every year. 
more importantly, as a coach, I'll be honest with you, it's on the seven or eight million I believe our company can grow to by seeing these opportunities, getting excited, getting a little giddy up towards our industry and taking it further. You know, a couple of years ago, I did an incredible show in the London Alternative Show, and this is an organization over a tragedy where a young man lost his young infant child to leukemia, created an organization of hairdressers doing a show in London. Today it's at the Royal Albert Hall. This man's raised $20 million in the last 25 years, all in the honor of his, his young child that died. And I think that is just incredible. It gives you an idea that even though you're one person, just the effect you can have. You know, the three most powerful forms of communication in our world television, telephone, and tele-hairdresser. So when the word was put out that this guy wanted help, every platform artist, every head of state from every corporation jumped on board to help celebrate this young man's life and make a difference. So it's called the London Alternative. We do it annually. Uh, myself and Angus Mitchell, I've done it on three or four occasions. The first time I did it in London, I dressed up as a transvestite queen and did this whole... I don't know, what did you call it? A lip sync to this song, and it's about a middle-aged hooker with a broken heart that put on 20 pounds and is falling apart, and I'm sweeping the towels off the blue towel floor because my boyfriend from Norway don't send money no more. And this was a reoccurring chorus that went over the song two or three times. I dressed up in drag. We had four beautiful ballerinas that danced along with me, and they were incredible. They were, you know, just incredibly trained. They could do everything. They were absolutely gorgeous. Stephanie Kachowski did the hair, and I just kind of lip-synged along and fumbled through this, a couple of the steps. One, two, three, four. I wasn't very good, but... It didn't really look, I was so bad, I think it looked convincing that I was really more this clown kind of seeing the harmony and the ridicule of the, the comical situation. I've always felt it was a metaphor. So here I am, an old hairdresser, and the boyfriend from Norway was really the client that hasn't called in six weeks that you haven't seen no more. I don't see them no more. They must have moved. Well, maybe they didn't. They just thought I sucked. So the reality was, it was an incredible story. I got to do it in front of 8,000 hairdressers, and the real kick in the pants for me is my mom was in the audience. So we flew her down from Scotland. We did the show. Uh, it was probably one of the most memorable experiences in my little life. Right after I finish, I run the show right up to the break, so it's a three-minute piece. When I come off stage, the next person to come up in front of the audience was Vidal Sassoon. Well, you guys, I was God-stopped. Out of all the things you're going to expect Mr. Sassoon to say, the first words out of Vidal's mouth was, Hey, Robert, your boyfriend called. He'll be here on Tuesday. So I was just blown away that not only had Vidal knew who I was, but he is actually reciting my show from the prior vignette. And I was just, I felt like a made man. I felt like I was, a, you know, the kind of in the mafia I was just a made character because Vidal knew who I was and he quoted my show so I was on cloud nine it had been an unbelievable experience already the next day Takash and I went up to visit my mother in Scotland and uh, we were sitting in her living room and you know she was just kind of on over a little boy I brought her down to London I'd never really thought about what I was actually showing my mom she doesn't see me on stage that much but here she brings all her friends and go that's my boy right there he's dressed up like a transvestite hooker and <laughs> nobody's seen the bat an eyelid she didn't mind a bit she's used to me so we're sitting in our living room and she said son I'm so proud of you last night I was just in awe not only of the show but Vidal making a comment oh, I could just see it in your face you were beaming you were crying I was so ecstatic she goes, I just got to ask you, when you were a little boy, you know, here you are today traveling the world, doing these beautiful models, doing incredible shows in front of thousands of people. 
you know, did you ever imagine as a little boy you'd be around all these beautiful people? And I said, Mom, as a little boy, that's all I imagined. You know, I really believe that if you put the dream out there, it's possible. You surround yourself with the right people, the right people being people and visionaries like Mr. Wynn Clayball, who's not only a partner in our school, but a guy who sees such incredible potential and is such a standard for the way young professionals are entering our industry, not just from our skills, Everybody's meeting that match point. We're all coming up to that same level of excellence, which I believe is just incredible news for our industry. The gene pool is just incredible right now. For me as an owner, you know, I may be the proud owner of five today. I wish I had 50 more to get ready and equipped for this young talent that's just about to surge into our industry. If you're an owner, you got to do that same thing. You got to really say to yourself, you know, if I was a young kid, why would I work here? Start coming up with evidence that this is a great culture to work in, that you can make a difference in helping these hairdressers dreams come alive and ultimately that's what you're responsible for and you know I am not really a spa owner to say but it doesn't really matter what part of the business you're in if it involves people we have a lot of similarities the dialogue switches the way we think about our business we can never take it for granted and I think you know when I think of Vidal echoing this message that here he is changing an industry and changing how it thinks about itself. I think we all are commissioned with that same charge that we have to make the difference. And we may have the one salon in our neighborhood. We've got to be the standing example because we're accountable for future professionals choosing our industry. So when I talk to owners all the time, you know, I spoke to an owner once and I said, you know, you should charge more. You've been doing hair 40 years. He said, oh, I don't want to stand out. As an owner, you have to stand out. You have to stick your chin out because it, as far as you're prepared to go, that's what other kids in your culture know that if they do the things they ought to do, they could become you one day. You know, I look at the mentorship I had as a young kid growing up. John Paul is an incredible mentor because this is a guy who believes. I've never heard a negative word out of the guy's mouth. So when you really get around these people, they really take you closer to taking yourself on that visionary step to make the biggest difference of all. So for me, when is a very young age really helped me identify some of the key factors of my business. And today, you know, I would say that this man is single-handedly changing industry. So I can't wait to see the, the way the industry looks in the next five years. We got to change how we think about things. Uh, I believe the salons that I build today are really a vision of what I see in the future making the biggest difference. So unbelievable opportunity, Mr. Wing Claybo. I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to host uh, Masters for this particular month. Uh, I believe in common knowledge. I love the industry. I think I represent it well. I'm a salon owner. I'm involved in our schools. I really see an optimistic outlook. There is a recession, but we've decided not to take part in it. When the economy gets tough, this is the time to really go all the way. You know, I love being a character in the industry. I love the attention sometimes people get. Um, you know, I recently was uh, in a situation picking my son up from school and relatively it was a new school, which means pretty much that the kids there had never caught an eye full of me quite yet. So I pull up in my big Hummer car, I get out the car there and I see my little son comes running up and he's maybe got 14 or 15 friends beside him. And they go, Reed, that's my boy's name. He go, is that your daddy? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, why is he dressed like that? And he says, well, my dad's the most famous hairdresser in the world. I believe all of our loved ones and kids believe that of us. I think we've got to live up to other people's expectations sometime. I love what we get to do as coaches. I'm truly honored to have this opportunity to give you an earful, 
through the master's vehicle. I know there's future professionals listening to this. I know there's incredible salon owners. I really believe this industry is about people to believe in. The more we share this common knowledge, the better every single person is. So a big shout out and thank you so much, Mr. Wynn Claybaugh. Bye, guys.